When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yes, it's the second hour of the summer run home. Now, if you missed the first hour, make sure you subscribe and listen to the Run Home with Joel and Fletch podcast. Lots in that first hour worth listening to. Oh, what about what about COVID? Yeah, I know. No, but what about the Northern Beaches? Yeah. No, we were just talking about we who were, was yeah. the idiot. The reason I'm bringing it up <laughs> is because we got punished more than anyone else because we the, we got shut down over Christmas. Uh, you know, north of the the Roseville Bridge. I mean, there, there was a theory that actually Northern Beach beaches people were actually quite happy that the bridges we were. were closed. I, as a Northern Beach and beaches, <laughs> but me, yes. I, I sort of wasn't, and um, and I could see from over the Roseville Bridge from my house, and people were living normally. You know, because there's people in restaurants and. Uh, and but who was the idiot that started? Was it a pilot who got off the plane? Well, no, it wasn't the story. It was actors. It was actors. Remember in Avalon. That's right, and in they, Avalon. Yeah, and their personal trainer went up to them. And then, I don't, I'm, this might all be just my mum gossiping here. No. <laughs> so why was Forestville shut down while Avalon, when it happened well, in Avalon? Well, there's that bridge. Yeah, you know, there's the two point. bridges they can shut shut us down. And they did. So for Queensland listeners, um, Northern <laughs> Beaches, there's there's basically two bridges that you can shut it off that's in the right, north of yeah. Sydney. And that's what they did. And New Zealand as well. So if you, if you know your league, <laughs> we're basically where the Manly Seagulls play. They can shut us off. That's right. Roseville Bridge. And uh, the Spit Bridge. The Spit Bridge. Yeah. Um, we have <laughs> definitely digressed. No, I'm with you. Um, it was an odd time. Odd, odd time. Um, oh, because then there was the super spreading party at Avalon RSL. That's right. And the super was, spreading that's party. That's right. And there was the drummer in the band. <laughs> the drummer. It was spitting it was on everybody. Spitting on As oh, drummers man. do. Oh, of course. You know, they can't help themselves. <laughs> Anyway, uh, what are anyway. we meant to be talking about here? Um, right. Uh, we welcome our New Zealand listeners. Do we? Uh, yeah, that first five minutes was just them hearing Toby. us <laughs> talk about COVID and the Northern Beach. Jagger, how many do you reckon spissed off? <laughs> no, they love hey, us. No, they would love that story because COVID was pretty harm for them. They were locked down a long yeah, time as well. Yeah, they were. They had Jacinta Hearn. She was, mate, tough on COVID. Hard line, wasn't hard it? Hard line. Hard line. Um, but um, In fact, the whole country was. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think a lot of Kiwis moved here post-COVID because they weren't happy with how the government dealt with it. Yeah. I might have made that up. Text it if I'm wrong. I reckon they're moving back there now. Yeah, they might say so. Beautiful country, New Zealand. Kia and good evening. It is a beautiful country. I've got friends who are actually going to Queenstown, leaving on Saturday. Scotty Larson, who's my personal paramedic, because I'm at that age where I need a personal paramedic. And um, he's going... With uh, another, there's two couples. Uh, they're they're off to Queenstown for a week, and that's where they shot Lord of the Rings. It is a cracking town. No, I show, he showed me Ooh. photos. The landscape oh, is amazing. But anyway, all right. Well, we have digressed well and truly. Um, <laughs> now, the only place that is nicer than Queenstown, thank you, Mark. Lovely segue. Is, is it the Gold Coast? Ah, <laughs> is the Gold Coast, and it is I now the Gold time Coast. for us to cross to SEN track analyst Gareth Hall. Because guess what? Robbie, mm-hmm. the Magic Millions. The Magic Millions. They're on this weekend. Are you there, Gareth Hall? Hello, Professor. Yeah, Robbie. Um, I am on the Gold Coast and talking about the Kiwis, they've had a, <laughs> a great time of it so far because Tiako Racing, which is their biggest racing organisation in New Zealand, headed by David Ellis, he's been the busiest buyer, well, the buyer with the most cash so far. He purchased a Philly 
Um, I'll see if you can guess how much he paid for. It's um, a Phillies A Phillies, a female horse. Um, and she was worth, what, $2.1 million he paid for her today. Jesus. Sorry. I mean, gosh, is that, is that how much you can, so if I go and get a horse, I can sell it for $2.1 million. You can. Well, she, she's, she's one out of the box. She was a beautifully bred horse and on Fontage was her mum, which David Ellis had so much success with back in New Zealand. Um, so he really liked her, but she was a well-bred galloper, but the average wait, 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 horse wait, wait, going wait. around. Gareth, talk yeah. to me about how you know that she was beautifully bred. Were you there? At, were you there at the process? How yes, do we know? Yes. Well, wooden bass. Yeah. Well, she was. She was. Her mum and dad were pretty handy athletes. So, um, oh, there you go. The loving was. I don't, professor. I don't know if the loving was any good, but I'm sure um, it was. the foal was a sensational-looking thoroughbred, and um, yeah. So she went for two point one million dollars. The average. The average horse that's been sold today and for the last couple of days on the on the Gold Coast. Is three hundred thousand dollars. So it's definitely not a a sale for the battlers. And um, in this world that we're living in, it's really hard to see every horse that goes through the ringer basically uh, a house deposit. Um, wow. Yeah. And so, Robbie, yeah, what about you? When you were move. flying in the EPL, oh, mate, on flying. your big contracts, did you ever look at buying a few horses? I know that that's what. I wish I did. Uh, also, I did the first thing. The first thing I ever did. Well, I, I remember I'd been through such a time at. at Brussels, I went, oh, bugger this. And I went and bought a Porsche because <laughs> that was the first thing I did. That's why, you know, don't buy an investment property. Uh, you know, just bought a Porsche. Oh, and then I continued to buy Porsches for the rest of my career, and I probably should have bought investment properties. But, um, mate, they were fun. Uh, no, because I, I, risky business. I don't know if you remember the film, Tom Cruise, do, one yeah. of his first. Uh, watched that, and he drove a Porsche, and then that generation, everyone wanted to drive a Porsche oh, like Tom Cruise. Geez, that's not bad, right? You're driving a Porsche. Goodness, mate. Uh, Sorry, we've got, we've digressed again here, Gareth. Um, so can you explain to everybody that's listening, what is the Magic Millions? Um, the so birth that, of the concept, yeah. and etc. So the Magic Millions is a race series or a race festival now that was um, invented by Jerry Harvey. Um, Katie Page Harvey, of course, from Harvey Norman fame, and John Singleton in the early days was as part of the, part of the setup of, of Magic Millions, and they had a dream to to sell thoroughbred horses and to take on the other big selling house in Australia when it comes to thoroughbred racing in in Inglis. And this this carnival has grown unbelievably, really, in the last ten years, especially, and it's now the the one of the the world's richest race days on Saturday. So what happens there is that Horses that were sold at this sale um, qualify for a rich race series on Saturday. So there's a $3 million two-year-old classic. Um, and I think every race is 11 races. Every race is worth a million dollars. I think there's two worth a half a million as well. So And they're horses that have never had a race start worth a half a million. And then we go up to a million. So um, And it's not only the races and the sales. You've got polo. Um, there's a lot of events that happen throughout the week. Um, they've got a great uh, lineup of ambassadors. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's the biggest it's the biggest week. It's the busiest time on the Gold Coast. Is there and, any um, uh, yeah, any one, any ambassador spots left up there? <laughs> no, sorry, Robbie. <laughs> for um, a Premier League winner. Per- yeah, mate, I can bullshit with the best you. of them. No, I, I reckon you're. I reckon you. I think Billy Slade is one of them. I reckon you'd be a. a oh, of course he you is. Put your hand up it, and your manager went to Jerry and said, "I." Oh, I'd love to go and um, yeah. Be the well, Jerry and John Singleton—they don't back many losers. I can tell you. 
No, and there's like a, there's a lot of famous um, football identities that have been involved in the game. So Alex Ferguson, I think he trained a winner. Yep. Not trained. He owned a winner in Saudi Arabia worth a lot of money recently in the Middle East. And Michael Owen. Michael um, Owen's big on the, in the horses. Yep. Probably the be- for me yep. one of the best analysts in world football. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. There's, so there's a lot of there's a lot of football men that love their, their horse racing. So you can just be one of them now, Robbie. <laughs> I love it, Gareth, mate. Twenty percent, mate. You go and uh, have a look, and I can get. I, yeah, right, I can get on uh, Jetstar any day. Yeah, all right. I mean, I might make couple. it. They might cancel the flight, but you know. <laughs> uh, now, the horse called the Professor down the outside. Oh, the <laughs> love it, love it, boys. Hey, now you were there for the uh, Magic Millions barrier draw. Anything to report? Well, there's a good thing they tell me. Do you like? Do you boys like to have a punt responsibly? Of course. Oh, yes. Uh, well, you, well, you, well, you do now. I do. do I do now, for so... um, the sake of this radio segment. Big punt. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got a lot of our experts here on Giddy Up, the show that I do on SEN Track. I know you listen to it, boys, weekly oh, or daily, I should say. Um, there's a horse by the name of Storm Boy, trained by Gabe Waterhouse and Adrian Bott. It's been pretty impressive in the early part of its career, and it is going to be awfully hard to beat. I think it's around $2.60. And he'll just be off the pace from that Barry draw, and I think he's definitely the horse to beat. Um, there's another horse by the name of Spywire, James Champion Hoop. He takes the ride for Kiramar and David Eustace. There's, there's plenty of confidence around that stable that they can win another two-year-old classic. So maybe those are the two horses that we can play there on Saturday after the Barry draws. I think those two horses were the big winners. And, um, yeah, they look, they look the horses to beat. In fact, Gay Waterhouse, when she purchased Storm Boy, she was having trouble selling it. So she was at this event in Penrith for, and she was. We've lost Garrett there. We've lost. I mean, we'll bring him back, Mark. We, I don't want to yeah, hear the no, end of the I story. Know, that was a good story. I mean. Because Gay Waterhouse. In, in, Penrith, in Penrith. I wouldn't expect that. I wouldn't expect to see Gay Waterhouse. Is he there? He's coming? Yeah, we've got him, Gareth. Oh. We lost you at yeah, Gay Waterhouse sorry. in Penrith. Pick, pick it up from there. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, I, 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 I was just talking to myself for the last three minutes. Oh, so, sorry, mate. Oh, mate, Waterhouse, I do that all so, the time. Yeah. Gay Waterhouse trains Storm Boy. And I was telling the story, but it's going to be awfully hard to beat. So Gay Waterhouse was in Penrith last year after she went to the sales, and she was having trouble selling Storm Boy, and she was invited on behalf of the – the pub to go and speak to a group of Penrith businessmen. Um, so she went there and she thought, geez, this is an opportunity for me to sell a horse. So she put the horse on the float, headed to the pub in Penrith, and she paraded him out the back in the um, beer garden and sold the horse to these, um, um, uh, I think, six or seven gentlemen that were there. And um, they purchased the horse and the rest is history. Um, wow. And then she went and had a, a chat to them. And, yep, now the Storm Boy's the one to beat this $3 million Magic Millions two-year-old classic. So That's it was a good pretty handy lunch to be at, yeah. I don't know whether you yeah. can sell stuff to piss people in a pub. <laughs> no. That's not overly fair. I would have bought some shocking <laughs> things if you came to me pissed <laughs> in a pub. I, I, I would have found it interesting when Gay just stopped traffic in Penrith to get this bloody horse off the float in the middle of, um, um, uh, the middle of um, uh, lunchtime and, and uh, yeah, Amazing. go and um, parade this horse at this pub. Good on it. Now, the race that follows the Magic Millions, that's also a $3 million race. Mm. Race number nine, does it have a cool name? It's the three-year-old guineas. The time of the three-year-old yeah. guineas. Yeah. Jeez, so someone really took a lot of time to come <laughs> yes. up with that. Hey, that's why they get paid the big bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so it's for the three-year-olds, of course. Yep. And uh, it's a tough race. Like, there's so many chances. Um, there's more chance of probably winning your local chook raffle tonight when, <laughs> at, at your local pub. But um, I, I'm going to have something each way on Sydney Bowler. Johnny O'Shea tipped his horse to us about a month ago on Giddy Up, and he went on to win a race at Newcastle and then went a race. At, and then he won last start in town in Sydney. Um, and he just got into the race. He's a bit of a a late developer, Sydney Bowler, but he's now in the race. He'll need a little bit of luck from the draw, um, but I think he can, you can play him each way, Sydney Bowler, around, uh, I think he's around 6 or $7 at the moment. Very, very good. Hey, Gareth, we'll let you go there, mate. We'll, um, we'll watch the... It's been magic... riveting today, boys. Oh, Loved mate. it. <laughs> good on you, Gareth. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm sure we'll use It's massive up there, though, the Magic Millions. It's amazing what, you know, the amount of races that, that, that we have now, like... We're the biggest in the world, aren't yeah. we? You think of the Everest, Melbourne Cup. It's Magic just gets bigger and bigger. What's that camel race they do every year? <laughs> There's Birdsville. That's a big Birdsville. Race. That's a big race. Um, do you do you go to the races ever, Robbie? No, not go really. To, I've no. been to, to Randwick. I've always enjoyed going there, but I'm no, I don't. As a rule, I go no. to the just go to the pub, mate. Yeah, it's a lot easier, <laughs> it's a lot closer. <laughs> People don't harass you as much. Exactly. Um, all right, hey, we'll take another break here on the Summer Run Home. Uh, you're with the Prof and Robbie all afternoon. Yes, welcome back to the Summer Run Home. Uh, again, if you'd like to get involved in the show, one three hundred zero one eleven seventy or text us 0457-736-736 or if you are in New Zealand, it's double eight double three. Uh, if you've got a question for Robbie, send it in right now. Now, Robbie, um, big article on the back of the Daily Telegraph today. You sat down with Marco Rudan, Rudin, apologies, the Wanderers <laughs> coach, who has signed a new three-year deal for the Wanderers. What did he have to say for himself, mate? Are they going to win a title? Well, that's look, you know, and it was a good, a very good interview, and um, you could tell the passion. Uh, he's a Western Sydney boy in spite of being a Sydney FC legend because mm. he, he played for the Sky Blues uh, that very first year and they won the grand final. In fact, he qualified them for that grand final, which was against the Mariners, where Dwight York set up Stevie Corica for the the first ever winner of the A-League, uh, the Hyundai A-League in those days. And Rudin scored a winner against Adelaide to put Sydney in that, in that final. So he's in the Hall of Fame for Sydney FC. Of course, Wanderers weren't around at that time. But he's a Western Sydney boy, and I like. I think he's the. Since Tony Popovich, they haven't had someone like him. Popovich was the inaugural coach, where they had success, three grand finals. They won the Asian Champions League, which, when you see where we're at in Asia at the moment, is quite extraordinary. They won it, and of course they won a Premier's plate, but they've never won the title. And I could tell talking to him when that question came, that that's what he, he actually says that. You know, that's what he thinks about when he wakes up, is delivering a title, you know, for these wonderful fans that they've built since day one. So, you know, I think it's a smart move by the Wanderers. He's been there for two years. They're getting better. When he got there, they hadn't made the finals for seven years. They did that last year. Um, they wanted to go further. They could do this season. For me, they should be top of the table at the moment, but they've dropped points when uh, they've been a bit inconsistent, dropped points where they shouldn't have. Uh, got a big game uh, this weekend against Melbourne City. I think it's the game of the round. And it depends which Western Sydney uh, turn up. City are undefeated in six, three wins, three draws. The Wanderers, they, they're on this run of win one, lose one, win one, lose one. They're sitting third on the table. I can't see them losing two at home in a row. They lost to the Mariners last week. So I think they'll get a win. But great news for for Marco Rudan and... 
you know, he was very grateful that the club's, you know, shown that he's got, they've yeah. got the same picture as he's got and the, the same aim. But three and a half years extension in the A-League is one hell of an extension. Um, are the contracts in the A-League like they are in the NRL where they're basically just a bit of paper that can get torn up at any time or is it a bit better? No, I think it is. I think it's like the NRL. But but if he does well, that's not going to happen. But look, I think reality is if you go on a run of, yeah, you lose seven games straight or whatever, whatever, you, you're likely to get sacked. Now, whether you get paid out, the duration of your contract, that's depends on how that's been negotiated. Uh, yeah, I'm not privy to that kind of information. Yeah, you need Des Hasler to go in and do your negotiation. Des, he's good, that, Des, isn't he? I love Des. Oh, mate, he's the best. Now, Graham Arnold, he's picked 15 players. Has he? New players who didn't feature at the Qatar World Cup. Really? Um, <laughs> if we, you, you find that interesting? I you... do, and actually, we, I spoke to him yesterday. Um and he was moaning as usual. He's always moaning about something. Do you, and, um, do you have any influence over the 15 players? Do you ever say, Graham, me old mate? Oh, mate, he would, I'd be the last person. It was, <laughs> yeah, right. It's like me t- trying to tip the winner in the, in the Magic Millions, mate. Stay away from it. <laughs> you know, I could kill Storm Boy. I, I told Mark before, I said, mate, I could kill, if I got on it, I could kill a dollar ten Willie Pike favourite in, uh, in Belmont. Yeah. Hey? Or at Ascot. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. So, no, look, I mean... And also, I'll put this out there because there is a, you know, and it's gone against me in social media, unsurprisingly. It's such a wonderful world, Twitter. Um, is that being mates with Arnie is, you know, for so long we've been the greatest of mates. And um, sometimes it's been a problem for him or it's been a problem for me because we're in two different worlds. I chose the media path mm. and commentary and, you know, I'm still in it today. And he chose the coaching path. So... You know, coaches don't generally like media. No. So I have a relationship with Arnie, and it dead said, this is the truth, is I don't abuse our friendship, and that's why we're still friends. So I don't go and ask him, oh, mate, are you going to pick for that? And, you know, are you going to do this? Mm. I don't do that. Have you, ever, have you ever criticized him during a... 100%. And then did he chat to you straight after that? No, didn't talk to me for three days. I, then, then I, you... My job is, to, Professor, as you know, and you're one of the best in the business, that my job is, you know... You've got to criticise. Yeah. You've got to tell the truth. And I think people people respect that, even if they don't agree with it. And it, it's the old saying that you don't have to agree with it, but you've got to respect someone to have that opinion. It's like the old saying, isn't it? Um, I might not agree with the opinion, but I respect your right to have that That's opinion. That's right. Now, did he... He was, didn't respect my no, right to have that opinion. No, but not at all. He didn't spoke to me for three days. In fact, I think it was went on for about a week, really. sulked a bit. and uh, <laughs> But I was right. And... Um, well, I think I was right, but um, no. If we like people now, I'm going to commentate on the Asian Cup. I'm doing columns on it for News Corp, obviously, and the Daily yeah. Telegraph and the Herald Sun, Courier Mail around the country. And mate, if we fail, I'll have to say that if I think tactically we've got it wrong, I'm going to have to say that, and he knows that. And um, yeah, so that's that's the basis <laughs> of the relationship. Beautiful. I'm sure you've had a few over a few beers, a few conversations. Oh, about... of course we have. Yeah, no, his greatest thing is, you know, I speak to him and he goes, ah, I can't talk to you because you're media. Yeah, very good. I go, no, well, I'm actually your mate. He goes, no, nah, no, nah, you're media. I go, ah. Oh. And I, I said to him, this is, and this is true, and this, I hope someone tells him I said this live on air, is that when he was going through a bad time, uh, when we didn't qualify directly, 
uh, when Saudi beat us and Japan beat us, which effectively threw us into the playoffs where we played UAE, it looked like we were never yeah. going to – we not, were certainly not favourite. Yeah. We weren't going to make it. UAE were going to beat us or Peru. We had to play after. And during that time, he got COVID and he found out that he, he went out or something like that. And he was getting destroyed. People were asking for him to be sacked before the playoffs. Get, we must bring in a new manager. Well, who's the only dickhead who stood up for him? His best mate. And you know what? Some I think some of the people that criticised and said certain things had points. I don't think he tactically got it right in all of the games. I don't think we were the best team. I think Saudi and Japan were better than us. Um, but sometimes, you know what? When someone's your mate, you just got to stick up Absolutely. for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you, do you the, think post-Socceroos he'll make his way to Europe? I know there's been some... Yeah, look, I I, th- I think his future there. He's getting older though, and Andrew's getting older as well. We're you know pushing the sixties, and so you know there's not thirty years left. No. You wouldn't think. But going back, going back to the point I was making. So during those tough days, he'd call me every day, every day. And then of course we went and did the playoffs. The Grey Wiggle played. Uh, we beat UAE against the odds. I know that the Grey Wiggle was Peru, wasn't it? it was the last game. And we beat them, and we went to the World Cup. Do you think he started? Do you think did, the did calls call were set? He didn't start calling me then, huh? So he doesn't call me much anymore. But that's fine. When times get tough again, I'll be he'll, here. He'll be calling you again. Now he's named his side. Do you? Do you want to name your eleven and see how close? Has you he are? named his side? Well, it's the squad. He's named the squad. Yeah. So how many in the squad here, Mark? Twenty-three. Fifty-two. Fifty. <laughs> Now, uh, I've you've got been my, named, Robbie. You're playing. Congratulations. I've, yes, I've got my... Um, you got your 11 you want to well, name? this is the 11. I, I've got a feeling, yeah, and I think it'll be pretty right. Maybe one one or two two different ones, but I think, uh, well, for a start, here's a problem. I've only got 10. <laughs> have you got so, your keeper? Well, someone you... got a red card before <laughs> we even started. Have you, what position have you forgotten? <clears throat> have you got your goalkeeper? That's the one I've forgotten. Yeah, well, you need that. Well, we're that confident. We don't need one. No, look, I think that, you know, obviously Matty Ryan got a very unusual injury and he's going to play with a mask. He didn't play against Bahrain, which was our last game, the warm-up. I think Matty Ryan will play. I think Lewis Miller at right back, Cam Burgess and Harry Sutar in central defence. I think he'll go with Aziz Bayic over Geordie Boss at left fullback. Uh, in the midfield, Jackson Irvine's the captain. He plays very important to the team. He plays at St. Pauli in Bundesliga 2. Connor Metcalf, who's come on fantastic in like six months, and Aidan O'Neill in the middle of the park with Jackson Irvine. Martin Boyle didn't play against Bahrain, but I think he will start, and he's a key for me in respect to breaking down uh, set defences, which we're going to face, because the opposition isn't very good, to be honest, and that's no disrespect, but well below our level. So they'll sit back, try and hit us on the counter-attack. We'll have all the ball, and it's a question of how many goals we're going to score in the group games, I believe. Anyway, Marty Ball on the right, Goodwin, who was good against Bahrain on the left, and Mitchell Duke, who is our top goal scorer, with 12 goals in this squad. He's got 12 goals. Guess who our second top goal scorer is? The player or how many player. goals? Uh, Fornaroli? No, there you go. So a <laughs> bit hard. He's only played one game. <laughs> Harry Sutter. Oh, is he? Sutter, you're kidding. Harry Sutter, the big centre half. And you know why? Because he's from Scotland. He's nine foot tall. He's from Scotland, yeah. (laughs) That's where we're at. Well, Martin Boyle, our best players are from Scotland. That's 
that's what it's come down. That's a whole different story of the way we don't produce players anymore. In fact, we go hunting well, what's it for, say about for grandmothers and grandfathers. What's it say about the Scottish team that these blokes are choosing to play for the Socceroos? Well, they know they've got a bit of chance of going well, to the World Cup. Well, it's because so we're really good now. Yeah. Well, my Actually, Scotland are good. They're yeah. getting much better. My grand, my son's grandparents, so yeah. my parents-in-law, yeah. sent him a Scottish football jersey for, for Christmas. Yeah. And he's very excited. He's wearing the Scottish yeah, it's a nice, nice shirt. It's yeah. a nice shirt, but a tartan on the sides. But I keep yeah. I I had bought him a Socceroos one maybe six months yeah, ago. Yeah. It's just been shoved in the drawer. Really? And I keep saying to him, I keep saying, world rankings, we're above. Right. We're a long way well above. above. We steal your players. Nobody wants to play for them. Yeah. But he's very... It's really good parenting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i, oh, I got to get in early. He's very pro <laughs> that Scotland football team. Anyway, that's my 11. Mitch Duke up front, top goal scorer. Yeah, and Harry Sutter has got 10 goals already. And again... From set pieces, with Cam Burgess and Harry Sutter probably be the tallest central defending partnership in the world. Oh wow, they are monsters, and that's why from corners, set pieces, we are such a threat. And we will be against India, Syria, and the Uzbeks. Very good. Um, all right, Eric? we're going to take a quick break here. Um, on the other side, I want to ask you a bit about Indian soccer, whether it is improving. Right, okay. They're tipping a lot of cash in. Hang on. Can, Mark, can you Google Indian soccer for me? Well, yeah, we'll have a look at that. All right, you're on the summer run home. We'll be back real soon. You're on the summer run home with the prof and Robbie this afternoon. Now, Robbie, there's lots of texts coming in, but I actually want to ask you some questions. All right. We, if, for those of you that have been listening all I afternoon. I love questions. We, we got ask it. me the tough ones. These, we're, this is a, almost a, like a this is your life. Well, not Jeez. really. I haven't lined up anybody what a depressing thought. It's been we, a bad decade. We, which one? Which de- bad decade oh, do you want to go pick, through? Pick a decade. Pick a the decade. last three. Let's... Let's go further back then. Further oh, no. back? <laughs> Can we go Jesus. further back? No, we can't. We're we going back to Stephen Mark War. <laughs> no, so for those of you playing along at home, we got to, you signed with Lawns. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. Yes. And so right away, did you get into the side? Were you firing? Did you move up a league? Did you move from second division up into the first division? First year. First year. And you were one of the linchpins in that team? I was apparently the... Well, they tell me now, and when, look, I, all I know is I'd gone through hell at Anderlecht to get there, to get there, and yeah. it was unlikely that I was ever going to get there when I was holiday in Croatia and drove all the way back for a trial game, and we talked about it. But when I got there, I was, mate, I was obsessed. Seriously, I was obsessed. Football, 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 football. So the girlfriend who'd come over with her sister, and I'd introduced to Milan Milan Jankovic, who now. Married her kids and they live in Cairns. So anyway, they came to the lawns and I was in the hotel. And it's a good little story before I start. Is So they, my girlfriend came in with a sister and I was staying in the hotel and there was only one room. And and uh, I became really good friends with the, the concierge. The concierge's family lived in the hotel and they sort of took me in and that's how I started to learn French and that's where I learned French. And so they became... And I still talk to them to today. Oh, lovely. Uh, unfortunately, Jean-Paul, who was the concierge, passed away a couple of years ago, but wife is still there and a parent. And I spent some time when I was back in March and April. I went for lunch with them a couple of times. Anyway, so I'm not going to use their names out of respect, but my girlfriend and her sister, they stayed in our room, in my room. So there was... I think there was I've only seen two, this movie. two beds. And, and, oh, two beds. And there was two beds, but... <laughs> Anyway, it was like quite confronting because they're both very good sort of 
you know, good sorts. And uh, this is anyway, this is great. Yep. And I remember going down and I, I had to go and see Jean Paul and Armadine was his wife's name and 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 Mikhail was there, the son and. And they're looking at me, and they're just looking at me, and I'm going, "What's wrong with you today?" Uh, in very broken French, mm. you are a legend. And I went, "What?" He says, "Well, everyone's talking about your two girlfriends in the oh. room." And, I said, <laughs> <laughs> and so everyone thought I had two. And I no, 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 no. One's the sister, and oh, yeah, oh la la, yeah, good one. Pull the other one that plays jingle bells. But anyway, anyway. So I'm obsessed, right? As you can tell, um, I soon realised that my the love for my girlfriend is not really there anymore, and I have to sort this situation out. Anyway, I I, I sent her back to Australia, right? And and the sister? Uh, no, the sister stayed in Lons. with Milan. Ah, oh, of course, in Belgium. Because yes, yes. oh, well. I'd gone to Lons. Milan, yes. you know, wasn't in my situation. He could stay quite happily at Underlick. Um and anyway. Yeah, I, look, I'd just fallen out of love or whatever it was. I was obsessed with football. I seriously was. I didn't drink. Uh, I just played football. I would wake up and they thought I was crazy because I would wake up in the middle of the night through, and if I couldn't get back to I'd go in the car park in the hotel and I'd juggle a ball and kick the ball against so the wall. So you were like Steve Smith. Uh, I was like Steve Smith. Yeah. And Craig Johnston yeah. used to do it in football back in the Liverpool days. So I was just obsessed and I didn't do that every night, but I did it probably a couple of nights and I just didn't go out. I ate the right things and I just trained and it was an eye opener because the, the, the preseason, we went to a place called Vitel, which is water. If you know the bottled water, mm. Vitel. Um, and it was a little training. We used to train and it was the first time that I'd done it because I'd arrived late at Underlex, So I didn't do a preseason with them, but with Lons, I did this preseason and it was 12 days in camp. We had one afternoon off. So basically it was uh, a run in the morning, 7 to 10K, uh, which you don't do these days. But that, this was old school. You used to run 10Ks mm. in those days. And then you'd come home, have breakfast. Uh, 10.30 was weights in the gym. And you'd do a weight session and whatever. And then uh, lunch, you had to slow. Well, you had to go to your room. <laughs> When I say you had to sleep, they couldn't actually make you sleep. Yeah. If you can't sleep, you can't sleep. But you weren't allowed out to your room. And then five o'clock uh, would be, because uh, it was summer, five o'clock would be the field session. And we did that 12 days straight with one afternoon off, which we got pissed, which was a big mistake because <laughs> the next morning's run was very difficult. But anyway, I'd never experienced anything. And I was just obsessed. And I just trained. And that, particularly that first year, um, I was just determined. I was determined not to go home because I knew this was the last chance. Yeah. This was it. There was no more fairy tales, holiday in Croatia, you're going to get another call. If this didn't work, it didn't work. And to be fair, it did not have a good start. We were bottom of the league after 10 games. Um, and I remember, um, funnily enough, I was playing midfield. Apparently, I was the only success story at the, this point. The main signing was a guy who played for Yugoslavia who had actually I'd played against at the Olympics. I think he was in the squad, a guy called Boban Bozovic. He was their big signing. Uh, he did his ACL. Oh, no, geez. he did his Achilles tendon. He actually never really ended up playing for Lons. So there was another play, player called Rocha, Rojas, who was Paraguayan, who actually played in the 98 World Cup um, for Paraguay. So, But he was not developed at that stage. And anyway, 
I remember going back a long bus trip in the second division. We did long bus trips and it wasn't in the coach. It was in a, like a mini bus. Yeah. It was budget. And, um, I remember the Gervais Martel who's still, as I mentioned him, he was the president at the time and ended up the president of the French F- football federation and still a personal friend. I saw him when I was back in March and April, but he was in, uh, we, we, we got off the bus and we went to this bar, which was the bar for Lons players. We used to go there after every home game or, and we went there and I remember him as at the bar and then my French was getting a bit better, but he said he was going to quit that week. And he being, I don't know, cause he'd signed me and that. I felt sorry for him. I said, I'll quit too. Yeah. And he just looked at me like I was an idiot. I said, well, what's that going to do? Yeah. And, but such, I had that feeling. Yeah. I, I felt really bad for him and, he said, I'm going to have to sack the coach. He said, next week is the last chance. We were playing a team called Laval at home. And, you know, there was 15,000 people there. We were bottom of the second division. And we won. And I remember I set up both goals. Uh, we won 2-0. And Laval were top of the league at the stage or second. And we just went on this run from then on. And we ended up in the what they call the barrage, which is the playoffs. for the. We didn't finish top. We finished second, so we played in the in the playoffs to go to the first division, and we come up against Strasbourg, who Frank Farina's ex-soccer ex-soccer coach didn't play for then, but he would later on, um, and they were much fancied. They were from there was two groups in the second division, A and B, and for, you know second and third that were the playoffs. We beat Valenciennes in the first game, and then Strasbourg was the big one, and then we had to play the team who finished third last in the first division. So we beat Strasbourg over two legs and Gerard Houllier, who was the French coach uh, at the time, I remember he came in and paid a huge compliment. He said, well, we wish you were French because I had a really top game apparently. Mm. Mm. And 55,000 at Bollard or 45,000. I think I said it held 55. Yeah. It held 49. Right. But that night it was virtually full and... And uh, he said, oh, unfortunately, you're Australian. Anyway, we went to play Toulouse, who'd finished third last in the French First Division. We went to Toulouse and got smashed 4-0. Uh, we were a bit unlucky. We had a play sent off. We come back home, the, the second leg, and we won 1-0, but we were done. So we wouldn't get promoted. But we went on holidays to Agadir and drank a lot. Mm. And because it was like a, a successful failure. Yeah, we'd come from last and we'd made it all the Mm. way up. But news came through halfway through our very drunken tour of Agadir in Morocco. Great place, by the way. Um, That's, and this happens quite often in in the French league and and European leagues. Nice, which who were in the first division, got found out for financial problems, dodginess, dodginess, and got retrograde relegated. Retrograded, <laughs> sorry, I'm t- talking franglais, um, which meant we were promoted. Oh, Mate, wow. I can tell you the party we had in Agadir was legendary. <laughs> it was extraordinary. There was, I shouldn't say that, but I was, I, I was, <laughs> because I was, I was this single oh, mad yeah. kangaroo. Yeah. I ended up in a room, one of the, the, the players' rooms with five of the wives. Jumping all over me. Ooh la la. It was ooh la la. Because <laughs> they thought I was just funny. And yeah. they thought, uh, and it wasn't 
you know. No, of what, course not, Robbie. No, it why, wasn't. Why are you winking, but it was, Robbie? It was, Stop winking. The Clendoya. Je pense que je vais faire le reste en français parce que comme ça, c'est oh, Killy. Quick translate. C'est, so much c'est, translate. C'est Killy français qui va comprendre, mais il n'y a rien qui est passé. Oh, c'était c'était wait, pas comme ça. C'est le professeur qui s'ajoute ici. So what I basically said is it was just, yeah, and I, can I tell you, there were some good-looking wives. Yeah. And um, no, no, it was just, it was extraordinary. All right, we're going to get back into this. It, it, was, I, mem- it so, was memorable. Can I say, during all that and you were getting into your soccer, someone texted through, enough soccer talk, get back to the sisters. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're on the summer run home this afternoon with the prof and Robbie Slater. Text messages thick and fast here, Robbie, 0457. Really? <laughs> it's lighting up, 736. 736, uh, this one. Hi, Robbie. And as a long-time fan, do you still wonder why you're up to your third slash fourth marriage? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not. A, listen, I've, mate, I've retired. There's two. There's you're been done. two ex and, and, mate, I'm retired. There's, there's no more. There's, uh, it's done. I'm done. I've got four kids, four wonderful. Listen, <laughs> I worked something out recently. Or the after, you know the split at the second, and I thought, you know what? And when I analysed it, I thought, you know what? I'm a pretty good dad, but I'm a shit husband. Perfect. So why why be put another girl for it? Absolutely. Yeah, and plus, you know, I mean, no, there's just there's nothing left. <laughs> People say, how do you get on so well with your your two ex wives? I go, oh well, I gave them what they wanted, and yeah, you know what, you know. So this is a true story. So this happened about six, seven, eight months, maybe eight months ago. But it was um, I went into my favourite coffee shop. Went in uh, one morning, and they're sitting in front of me, is Natalie and Samara, two ex-wives, sitting what, together, together, sitting together. And I go, oh, and I sort of said good morning, and they sort of whispered and sort of looked at me and laughed. And I go, anyway, I'm sitting outside with Scotty. Um, so I go outside, and I had what I had, and I went back in. Uh, and they both had left by then, and um, I went back in to pay, and I said, George, mate, yeah, how much do I owe you? He goes, da-da-da-da, and I go, what? He goes, oh, those two ladies that left said that you'll fix up your their bill. <laughs> is is <laughs> okay. that true? Is, that's a <laughs> sti- that is so true. Oh. What a stitch-up, seriously. <laughs> that's and, um, you know, that's when your life is really, you know. Anyway, listen, <laughs> I must quickly on it. <laughs> We're going to take a break. All right, so when we get back from the break, I'm going to make a shout-out to someone. My boy. Shout-out. Shout-out is uh, Maddie and Pep are in the car going to Western Sydney Wanderers training right now with Vlad, who played volleyball for Australia. Love you guys. Drive carefully.